Welcome to Beyond the Row, where we discuss the latest in music business news, how-tos, and music reviews from Beyond the Row of Nashville's 16th Avenue. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Bowie, and this is Beyond the Row. So for this episode, I feel like I just need to talk about Lisa Marie Presley. And the main reason for that is that she was actually a huge influence on what I do today in music and really everything that I do as far as you know my business goes. If anybody knows me, knows that I'm a huge, huge, huge Elvis fan. And which I guess by default makes me kind of a huge Lisa Marie fan. At least that's the type of fan that I am in the whole Presley and Graceland universe. I'm also a huge Priscilla Presley fan. Dallas is one of my favorite TV shows. So I felt like I just really wanted to talk about Lisa Marie and the shocking recent passing of her. And at the time of this recording, it's only been 10 days since she passed away unexpectedly from a cardiac arrest. And of course, we don't have a lot of details on a lot of what happened. Uh, I, I think the latest in the news was that the autopsy reports were uh, deferred and going to have to have a little bit more testing on that. But that's not what this podcast is about. So even if that was out, we probably wouldn't even get into it. I'm pretty heartbroken about it. And that's because, like I said, I, I'm a huge Lisa Marie Presley fan She's one of the reasons that I wanted to get into music and really pushed myself into doing that. And and I just wanted to share a little bit of a story. Her her album came out in her first album came out in 2003 and it was called To Whom It May Concern and I just loved it. I loved everything about it. It kind of got me back into wanting to create music and wanting to be a part of it whether that was engineering or in the business side of things and I decided I was going to you know leave the school that I was at because they kept saying that they were going to get a program and didn't and so I was going to switch schools and all of that even though this is something that I wanted to do when I was 14 years old. I knew right then and there because of Elvis and, and just that's really what sparked me into getting into music along with Garth, the whole craze around Garth Brooks. I feel like those are two kind of two similar audiences as far as like their dedication to that performer. But um, yeah, she had a huge influence on me musically and, and just kind of how she carried herself and when she put that album out and when there was talk around her creating that album, you know, there was a lot of talk about, oh, Lisa Marie, of course, she's trying to capitalize on, you know, Elvis's fans and, and trying to put her own music out. And we know now that that's not the case at all. And she put up with a lot of crap with people saying that. And I mean, how big are those shoes to fill? And you're doing the exact same thing. So... That was just like so encouraging, not only to me, but I mean, she has her own fan base and, and not even because of Elvis. Um, one of the things that she has just always, always done that I've admired about her besides putting her own, own music, keyword, she wrote her own music. Yes, she did a couple covers, but 
The majority of the stuff that she put out on her albums was her own. It was on her own writing, her own words, her own truth, her own experiences. So I admire her for that. And you should check them out. She's got three great albums. The first one came out in 2003. And that was To Whom It May Concern. And then she came out a couple years later with Now What? That was a great one. That was That's actually got a duet with Pink. It's called Shine. It's super good. She also had a more rootsy, bluesy kind of Americana style album called Storm and Grace. And Storm and Grace is really great. And I remember when she released that one, she came to Memphis and performed at, at the time it was named again, Levitt Shell, but the Overton Shell at Overton Park. Saw her there, free concert. It was amazing, huge, huge turnout. She sounded great, she looked great. And it was just really cool to see her perform at that place. It was like the first place that Elvis played in Memphis, right? To like a big crowd, not just like a little bar. After he came out with That's All Right, Mama. That was super cool to see. I'm so glad I've got uh, memories of that and maybe a couple of pictures. But yeah, I mean, it's just really, it's really sad. I'm, I'm just really kind of heartbroken over it. Um, I just watched the memorial service of that and it was really sad but it was also you know also really nice of what they did and how they set that up it was on the front lawn of Graceland and right there in front of the house right there in front of the steps if you've ever been you know where you start your tour of the mansion and that was held this this morning at the time of this recording this is January 22nd of 2023 and her Memorial service was this morning in Memphis, and it was really nice. Um, a lot of people showed up to pay their respects. Uh, the entire family was there. They had performers opening with the Tennessee Mass Choir, and then he had Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins performed. Uh, also, Alanis Morissette. She had a great performance. I don't even know what that song was, but it was oh, it was so beautiful. Axl Rose was there singing November Rain. And then closing everything out was the Blackwood Brothers. And if you're not familiar with the Blackwood Brothers and Elvis, Elvis wanted to be in the Blackwood Brothers when the guy who's in it now, when his father first started it, James Blackwood, he wanted to be in, in a, a gospel quartet. And that's what the Blackwood Brothers are. And James's son, Billy, who is in the Blackwood Brothers now, told of a really nice story whose dad went up to Graceland when Lisa Marie was born. Elvis had called his dad and, and wanted him to come over so that he could introduce his daughter to him. And he said that, you know, he came down the stairs and he was like, you know, talking to Lisa, I want you to meet, you know, somebody very special. This is one of my heroes, James Blackwood, the son who's now in the Blackwood Brothers, uh, told that story. And it was just really, really emotional. And they also, the original Blackwood Brothers also performed at Gladys's, Elvis's mother's funeral, and then also Elvis's funeral. And so now performing at Lisa Marie's. And so he said it was, you know, a full circle moment, but also, you know, one that you don't necessarily plan on and look forward to. So it was kind of emotional. And then some of the speakers that they had was former Memphis Mayor A.C. Wharton. Of course, Jerry Schilling was there to speak. Um, he had a, a really nice story 
uh, about Lisa. And when she went to go work for him, I thought that was really kind of cool because she wanted a job. And I mean, you know, probably when you're a teenager, 19, and you're Elvis Presley's, Elvis Presley's daughter, it's probably not the easiest to find something, someone to hire you. So Jerry hired her to be his, quote, secretary. But every time that he would refer to her as secretary, she would correct him and say, I'm your assistant. So I thought that was kind of funny and very Lisa Marie. Uh, another speaker that was kind of like shocked to see, I mean, obviously I don't know who all of her friends were, but uh, Sarah Ferguson, who is the Duchess of York, thought that was really cool. She, The thing she said was just really moving too. And then uh, Riley, her daughter was going to speak, but obviously was too emotional to do so because um, Priscilla ended up speaking on her behalf and reading a poem that she had written. And it was just really, really sad. Um, that she that Riley had written to Lisa, her mother. And then in Riley's place where she was going to speak in remembrance of her mother, her her husband, Ben Smith Peterson, uh, spoke on her behalf and read um, a letter to her mother that she had written. And it was just really moving. I don't know if that's something that'll be, you know, repeated online or anything like that. But if it is, you know, and you were a fan, a f- fan of Elvis, just a fan of music general, I, I would encourage you to watch it. Um, because with Lisa Marie passing, I mean, I know like you don't normally think of these things as connecting in, in the music industry and, and that maybe it was a little more novelty than what you want out of music. But what she did for Elvis and what Elvis has done for pretty much every musician that you listen to and that you're a fan of, what she did to protect him and his image and his legacy, uh, you know, all of it, his music, its that was all on her. And I, don't, I think a lot of people don't realize that. Um, you know, at first it was Priscilla, but Lisa Marie was in charge of all of that at the age of 21. And so she has been, you know, in the news and tabloids and you know talked about for whatever reasons and who she marries um but you have to understand you know somebody like her you know you can joke about marriages and things like that but she she's just like you know any one of us trying to find a partner and and someone to love and and to connect to and build a relationship with and you know that's that's hard to do it's a hard to do thing when you know you're someone like her and who your dating pool is, I guess. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock anybody for that or, you know, anything in their personal life. I love her because of her integrity, her charity, who she is as a person, how, how much she loved the fans. You know, not only her fans, but, but just Elvis fans. And you wouldn't be able to be an Elvis fan today if it wasn't for Lisa Marie. You know, she was the sole owner of Graceland. She's the sole owner of all of Elvis's belongings, the family's belongings, everything that, that's inside there in the archives, anything that has his name on it. She is the sole owner of that. You know, and every year she would go to Graceland for the Elvis Week festivities, the memorials, Every August 16th, 
And for his birthday, you know, every birthday she would she would show up with her family, you know, even her kids, all up until, you know, tragedy, another tragedy entered her life when her son, Ben, died of suicide. And I think we're kind of just maybe realizing that that's kind of maybe what led to her untimely death, just the toll that that puts on somebody, you know, especially a parent losing a child. And it's such a tragic way, and it's such a way that, you know, you may hold a lot of guilt on yourself for not helping them. If, you know, if you have a child and they felt so desperate that they couldn't go on living anymore, I mean, you're going to carry a lot of guilt with you and a lot of sadness, a lot of sorrow, a lot of maybe even survivor's guilt. And just anytime a parent has some something tragic like that happen to their child, they would tell you all you know immediately I would I would trade positions with them and so I just feel like when you're in that kind of state it's very hard on your body I mean one of the biggest contributors to health problems is stress and stress comes in all forms you know that it can be sadness it can be just work stress it can be uh, a family member um, a caregiver's stress you know if, if you're trying to take care of somebody and you know not only was she having to take care of herself but she was having to take care of three other children you know I mean one of them is an adult but but you're still you're the backbone you know of your children's emotional support system and it just might have been a little too much for her. the you know the good thing that happened was the Elvis movie She's even said publicly that it's what got her out of bed. And it was to, you know, it was kind of a a new charge for her, some new energy, some positive energy, something good that was happening, you know, around her life. And we got to see her out in public for the first time and speak to everyone since the passing of her son. And I know I was so excited to see her back out you could tell that she was still grieving, which is, you know, naturally. Um, but it was good to see her out and moving and and just seeing something that, that was bringing some joy to her life with Austin Butler and Baz Luhrmann and the movie Elvis and just the resurgence of excitement around Elvis and for new generations to see a story about him to see a pretty accurate story about him um was everything included in the movie no but i think that it's a it was really something that that's going to pique a lot of people's interest to maybe go a little bit deeper and look up some books and and you know form their own thoughts and opinions and and just become a fan of the music again and of the presley family because they don't need to have a Hollywood screenwriter rewrite anything. It's it's a pretty amazing, a pretty unique story in itself and a lot of tragedy in it. I mean, that goes back, way back, you know, to both sides, the Presleys and then on Elvis's mother's side, the Smiths. A lot of tragedy, tragedy, a lot of heartache on both sides of those families and a lot of struggle and a lot of health problems. I, th- I think I don't think enough people realize 
that, you know, health problems don't just skip over celebrities and, you know, well-known people. These things are carried down, and that could be one of the reasons. There's a lot of things that can get carried down in genetics, and then certain life events, whether it's straight-up emotional or emotional, physical hurt, and then we try to numb those with certain things. You know, I don't know. I, I don't imagine that that's something that was happening in her life. We know that she was open about some of those, those things before, but currently, I don't know. And I hope that it's not important. At least it's not, an, it's not important for me to know that. What's important is to recognize the struggles and that everybody can struggle out of nowhere, something can happen and really affect your life negatively. And we just have to be aware of, the, of that type of stuff. But not to get too sour and too melancholy in this episode, I do want to encourage people to go and listen to her music. And music is something that lives on forever. You know, as long as the planet is here, as long as we have ways to listen. It's there. It's there for life. And she's got three great albums. One of the last songs that she she recorded, at least I believe it to be one of the last songs to be released, was in 2018. And that was when they put out the gospel album, Where No One Stands Alone. This one will actually be under Elvis. It was an Elvis album that, was, that came out in 2018. But you can also find it on, say, like Lisa Marie's Spotify. It'll just say, you'll just go to where it says appears on. And it's incredible. Like, I don't think enough people really listen to her music, at least not in the big, you know, picture of everything. She sounds incredible on all of her songs. She has a very unique voice. You, you would know who it was if you heard her singing and there's such good parts on that song and the harmonies where she sings with Elvis like they could have they could have gone on the road and done a father-daughter act like it would have been great I just think that it was it's so neat to hear her her sing that and those gospel songs and then another one that she did was the, was like a really old um, Sun Studio recording of I Love You Because she sings with Elvis very slow it, I, I'm actually surprised that that was like a one that was picked but it's so neat to, to hear that. And she did that in 2012 when when she was doing the more rootsy Storm and Grace. And it just sounds so wonderful. Uh, you'll have to go and listen to Storm and Grace. I would actually, I might start with that one and then work my way back. Because to me, that's kind of where she was finding herself as an artist. And then the other stuff was a little more, a little more edgy. She might have, you know, this, this might have been, I've got to come out and be, you know, pretty edgy, pretty a hard surface so that when I get the criticism, you know, it can kind of bounce off a little better. But unfortunately, she did have to fight off the critics. I mean, even in 2005, I mean, Pink Pink was at her height, right? And she does a duet with her, Shine. That's, that's a great one. Y'all should all listen to that one. Um, one of my favorite songs... It probably is my favorite one. It was her very, very first single release off her debut album, To Whom It May Concern, was Lights Out. And I just feel like that song is pretty important because 
she's basically letting you know that she's going to be buried at Graceland one day. And this album came out in 2003. And don't forget, she's, I mean, she's a writer on all these songs. You know, everyone that she went into the studio with may have had some preconceived notions, but I guarantee you when they left, they took her seriously as an artist. And I think that we should all take her serious as an artist because she was a fantastic artist. And I know that I can go back and listen to her music and hopefully it'll just get more and more recognition and you know finally because she deserves to be recognized as an artist she is she needs to be recognized as a wonderful person uh, who contributed to so many charities and never wanted it to be known really like this is not somebody who wants themselves to be known for helping others you know it's kind of like elvis like the guy would just see somebody looking in the, the windows and whatever they were looking at he would just buy it for them i mean who does no one does that today that that's another thing like no one at least i don't you don't you never hear about it right but none of these celebrities will see someone on the street and just give them something you know, like if you saw somebody looking at, I don't know, a, a sandwich, like even that, like they wouldn't care. I don't even think they put them in, in positions to where they could be around someone like that these days. Like they're above that. Like they don't want to be around walking down the street that Elvis did. I don't even, Elvis never even had a driver. He always drove himself. Like, yeah, he might've had somebody he might have been riding in the back of the car after a show so he could get back to where he was staying or the airport to leave. But the man always drove himself. He never had a chauffeur or anything like that. He just, it was just a regular guy. And I think that has to contribute to why people just adore him so much all over the world. And the love for him just continues to grow. And I really think that we have to protect Lisa the same way that she protect her father because you know she was just she was there the entire time yes she's left everything to her her children so Riley and her twin daughters Finley and Harper but there's just something about generations now that get tainted and I, I just don't I don't know if it's going to be something that they can completely grasp especially be just being handed to so abruptly. I hope so. I, because she, that, I mean, that's the reason she brought him around. The reason that she brought him to Graceland for the, you know, the Elvis week and the birthday events and any sort of new exhibit reveal. So I just hope that they're able to grasp it. I hope that they're able to cherish it like she did and in, in a way that she did to really see the fans as an Elvis family and it's it's a very delicate thing and I just hope that it's treated with care and I'm pretty I mean we, we saw Priscilla but you know Priscilla's she's almost 80 now so I, I think she's 78 seven, or about to be 78 maybe and 
we have to make sure, you know, I know she's going to be there kind of guiding them in a way, but I don't want, because let's not forget Lisa Marie's ex-husband, Michael Lockwood, like that guy's not great, right? He tried to sue her and, and he made her pay him basically, I don't even know if it's child support, maybe child support or alimony or something, $6,000 a month. And then he said, oh, I can't live on that. What? Okay, I know California is super expensive for like, and not getting back a lot. But if that's the case, yeah, you need to move. Like, okay, um, $6,000 a month, come on. Like, it's just you, you don't need to live in a big ass mansion. Um, but so, so there's gonna be some bad blood in there, I think no matter what, I think he's gonna feel entitled. He doesn't want to be left out. He's obviously not doing anything that's, that's generating a lot of money. So he's kind of banking on, I guess, until they were 18. But hell, they're 14 now, so that's four years. I just hope that everything can be done with, with respect. And I think we all need to keep an eye on that. We all need to, to back up Lisa and to back up her family who's going to be in control of Graceland now. Because she was the sole owner the sole controller the the sole decision maker when it when it came to the house to the grounds to all the belongings and so you know i just hope that that's going to be taken care of and i think we can all do our part in that and you know support her support her music just listen to her music i mean if you don't care a single thing about elvis or the presley's any of it if you care about music just do yourself a favor just go listen to it just just listen to it form an honest opinion um, but you know, don't, don't feel like this is, I'm being biased and I'm peer pressure to like it, but I just think that there's something in there, at least out of all three of those albums that you'll find interesting. I mean, the Ramones were, were a huge influence on her. She's got some punk stuff in there. So like, I mean, we, we were talking punk blues to like Americana stuff and then some like super old stuff and then gospel stuff. So there's something in there. I know you'll enjoy it. I just encourage you to listen to it. Uh, let me know in the comments um, in this episode or just on the main page. Let me know what you think about Lisa Marie and her music. And if you say anything negative, they'll be removed. <laughs> just kidding. No, I'm actually not kidding. So um, no negative, no negativity here. We, oh, uh, we're not going to do it. Also, go watch the Elvis movie. The Oscars are coming up. We saw Austin Butler win. For best actor in the Golden Globes. You know, Lisa got to be there. And then just so soon after that, two days, we lost her. So life is short, but through our creativity, through our creative being and the things that we do and the things that we put out there can live on. And I encourage you, like, it's also to encourage you to create. Whatever you feel that you need to create, don't think about the haters. Don't think about the people saying that you shouldn't do it. Uh, you can't do it. It doesn't matter. You should just do it because it's what you do. It's what you want to do. It's what you feel compelled to do. You almost feel like you have to do it. And so stay creative. Keep putting out your music because it doesn't matter what other people say about it. 
All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I'm sorry if it was a little bit of a downer, but it's just something that I just felt like I just wanted to have a conversation with y'all about because I'm really sad about it. And I feel like talking about things helps. Uh, If you're feeling down about something, try to talk to somebody about it. It really helps get it off your chest. And then, you know, I don't know, write a song about it. Turn it around, put it back out into the world for everyone to experience. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Row. I've been your host, Emily Bowie. want y'all to stay positive, stay upbeat, and keep creating all of your wonderful musical works. All right, y'all. Talk to you next week. <laughs>